0: Fair warning, this episode is going to discuss in-depth patterns of domestic violence in relationships and how they affect ADHD women specifically. If you've experienced domestic violence, you should seek help right away. Contact your local YWCA or contact your local authorities and reach out for help. This episode could contain triggers for those recovering from domestic violence abuse and I do advise you to be cautious when listening. Hey guys, this is Lacey Estelle and this is an ADD woman podcast episode 15. And today we're going to talk about ADHD and toxic relationship patterns. Now this is something that I've been wanting to talk about for a while. I mentioned it in some previous episodes uh, briefly just kind of talking about how eventually I'd get around to discussing this more in depth. But It's been something that's really been weighing on my mind. I actually get emails from women all the time with questions about, you know, their husbands or themselves, their own struggle with these sort of things. So I think it's really important. So let's lay it all out there and let's talk about it. Welcome to an ADD Woman podcast. I'm your host, Lacey Estelle. Writer of all things about ADHD parenting and being an ADHD mother on Mothering the Storm with Laciestelle at laciestelle.com. Here on an ADD Woman podcast, we're going to switch it up and talk about all things to do with ADHD as an adult woman and how we deal with it. Now, you might be thinking, ADHD, women don't really have that. Actually, we do. We've all just been doing such a great job for years of masking it. So, Let's dive in. Let's talk about everything that our ADHD touches in our lives. And when I say everything, I mean everything. There is not one thing when you have ADHD that it doesn't affect. I'm so glad you're here. And if nothing else, I hope that you take away from this that you are not alone, you are not a failure, you are not lazy and you are not stupid and you are definitely not crazy. You just have ADHD and you're just like me. Now, the first thing I want to mention to you guys is something I did mention at the end of the last episode, and that is I am now offering a mentorship program. Now, this is not your run-of-the-mill coaching program. Uh, For most ADHD people, I I am not... uh, I'm not the type of person that as much as I pride myself on being a great cheerleader for people, I am not usually the best person to be an accountability partner because I err on the side of being really merciful and forgiving because of the fact that I have ADHD and I know how hard it is to stick to consistent constraints. So this is not coaching. What this will be is a mentorship program to help you work through the emotional side of ADHD that you feel like is possibly holding you back. Now, whether it's holding you back because of, you know, your avoidance for certain things or because of your perceived rejection for certain things or because, you know, you yourself end up stuck in bad relationship patterns. This is something that I want to help with. This is something that I'm equipped to guide women through and help them to better view their relationships and their emotional stability in a way that will help you to see things more clear. Um, it is going to be Christian-based. So, you know, I welcome anyone of any faith to totally dive in with me with it. I would love to talk to you regardless of what your beliefs are, but um, just know from a standpoint of a Christian person, I will probably be taking it in that direction. But hey, if, if you're okay with that, then let's 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 chat about it and let's talk about it. And maybe we can even find some common grounds. I want to do this because I want to I wanna help more than just responding to your emails. Some of you send me messages and I cry reading them because I'm scared for you, for some of you, um, but also because I know the kind of desperation that you have um, and I also know how hard it was for you to even decide to send me that email. You know, I'm just a stranger on the internet and... I'm sure that part of you probably assumes that I probably don't read it. I read every single email that I get. So I want to be able to do more. Um, And I, I don't always have a lot of time. But I think that this is one way that I could offer more to those of you that really feel like you need somebody to just at least come alongside you and help you to draw the lines for you. Where does your ADHD end? At what point is... Some of your perceived viewpoints of how things are going in your life have specifically to do with your mental health, and how many of them are totally something that is something out of your realm of control that you actually may need to break away from. That's that. Let's get into the episode. So, why do ADHD or ADD women end up in toxic relationships? Well, I have a theory about this, and it's a theory I've seen time and again with several of my friends several of people that I know of that they're probably somewhere on the ADHD radar, or maybe they have just PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder, and that manifests itself very similar to ADHD, especially in women. Maybe they have both. So one way or another, I have a theory. Now, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I say it every episode. So this theory is based on some research that I've found, studies that I've done, and also my own personal experience when I actually take a moment to look back and look at my pattern. If you didn't listen to my story, I have a part one and a part two of my story and I go into full detail about everything that I went through in my 20s and breaking away from toxic relationships, um, mainly with my ex-husband, but then also, you know, I got another relationship I thought that I had figured out what I knew I didn't want. So I found somebody that was everything that I knew I didn't want. And and then that didn't work out either because I still had some misperceptions of what a good, healthy relationship looked like. And also, I still ignored a lot of red, red flags. Well, why did I do that? Why do we as women, especially women with ADHD, end up in these toxic relationships? So first of all, we're working with a dopamine deficit. Okay. So we have a lack of dopamine in our brain. Sometimes it comes out to where we seem more depressed than other people, but ultimately that dopamine and the norepinephrine and all the other chemicals that are bouncing around in our brain that we just don't really produce enough of, they are, well, because they're at a deficit, we are usually doing things in an effort to seek them. This is why ADHD people gear themselves more towards interest-based learning. They, you know, want to only spend dedicated time and stuff that makes them, you know, keeps them interested, keeps them engaged, that they like. And why is that? Well, it makes us look like we're lazy because we can't just apply ourselves to everything else. But it's because we don't regulate our dopamine stores as well as our neurotypical peers. And so because of that, we can't just you know pick something and say, okay, I'm going to make this create dopamine for me so that I can work on it. It, it, it literally doesn't work that way. Our brains actually shut off on us. Uh, there have been brain studies. Now, I am, a, I am a big proponent. I really like Dr. Daniel Amen. And I know that Some of his um, techniques can vary uh, as far as how people view them. But me personally, I think it's just smart that if you're going to be a neuropsychiatrist, that you look at the brain. You know, if you're a psychiatrist and you're just prescribing medication based on symptoms, sometimes people don't have the things that their symptoms present with. So why we don't look at the organ more often that is actually causing the issue baffles me. So I really do like his research because he looks at the brain and he looks at the brain patterns and sees what the brain is doing and how the activity in the brain looks based on how the symptoms are presenting in one specific person. So all that to say, we have a dopamine deficiency, we have norepinephrine deficiency. So generally we are geared towards things that give us satisfaction, that are interest us how that plays into a relationship. Well, the beginning of a relationship is full of a ton of chemicals. Such an abundant amount of dopamine is released in just those first three to six weeks that a lot of us, especially those of us who have ADHD, are prone to feeling elated, euphoric, like we're on top of the world. And I know that if you're listening to this and you've experienced any sort of relationship where you felt like, oh my gosh, me and this person, we just click. We're so right for each other. We're so perfect. This is so perfect. He finishes my sentences. You know, I think of Anna and Elsa. Anna is such the typical girl with PTSD from being a kid and then probably a little bit of ADD if I had to analyze her as a character, right? And she gets so excited to just not be alone anymore. Somebody that is going to accept her and she falls for Hans. And throughout that, you know, she says she clearly says stuff about the relationship that's not actually happening. Right. She says we finish each other's and then she fills that in and says sandwiches. And he says, that's what I was going to say, which we all know he was probably going to say sentences. Right. But it just goes to show how those chemicals, especially in an ADHD brain where we lack those a lot. So we get into a relationship. We have this abundant amount of chemicals and dopamine. And all of a sudden, bam, we're like, this is amazing. I think I could just, you know, I don't know, run a marathon. I could do anything. I could be bulletproof. This this person will never hurt me. And obviously, that's a misperception. Now, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, but the person that I'm with is is really great. Good. I I hope so. I hope that whoever it is that you're with, that you're thinking about while you're listening to this podcast, that you know they don't have any red flags, and there isn't anything that you know you're seeing going in, and you're like, uh, well, I'm just gonna kind of ignore that and pretend I don't really see it, because there's another movie that I feel gets it right, especially for those of us with ADHD. One, because we have this dopamine deficiency, we are constantly chasing. Dopamine. So when we get in a relationship, we're like, oh my gosh, it just feels so good. Everything feels so great. In a toxic relationship, the beginning of the relationship is even more, I would say, like tenfold, threefold. It's a lot more of that love hormone response. Why does dopamine matter in the beginning of a relationship? Or how does this play such a role in toxic relationships for ADHD people specifically? This is because when you get into a relationship with a man who, is, who has very unhealthy relationship boundaries and expectations, which is really putting it lightly, because some DV aggressors go on to murder their victims, and that can be extremely scary. A lot of them even sometimes will do these things and say that they never really realized they were capable of it. You have ADHD, you're dopamine seeking, you're looking for somebody that accepts you, that loves you no matter what, and here comes along this great guy who just says that you're just amazing, and he's just so enamored with you, and he's so ready to just go all in, he's found the one, right? And it all sounds great. Now, your friends or your family who know you well are probably going to say stuff like, I don't know. I don't know about this guy because one, they're not blinded by their their attraction to him. Okay, they see his actions and how they play out and how they actually look from somebody who's not romanticized by the person. And because of that, they don't have the blinders on that you do. But there will be signs. There will be things that you can ask, that you can talk to them about that. You know, you will get you'll get certain responses from them that you'll be like, oh, Okay. Well, now what a lot of times happens for us is we will feel like we are the exception. There was a movie some time ago called He's Just Not That Into You. And Jennifer Jennifer, I can't remember her last name. She's Hollywood, whatever actress. She her character in it says, I figured it out. We think we're the exception, but we're not. We're always the rule. Okay? And it just is talking about how so many of us girls will listen to what somebody went through with their ex and listen to how they treated their ex and hear them talk terribly about their ex and how their ex was this and their ex was that and that their their ex was the reason for their demise, right? And we will assume that, well, they would never think that about us because we're not going to do those things to them, right? But you have to remember there's always two sides to every story. And so we also assume that you know, whatever, however they're feeling about their ex or the person in their past or whatever is not going to be how they feel about you because you're the exception, right? But you're not the exception. You are the rule. We are all always the rule. So this is why so many ADHD women, I think, get into toxic relationships. And again, this is this is more or less a theory. I'm not a doctor. I haven't done the studying on this. But everything that I have read Especially about the Berkeley girls study um, talking about their longevity. They have shown that they have been way more likely to end up in domestic violence situations than their neurotypical counterparts. And I think this all comes down to a combination of lacking an amount of dopamine and having a regulation issue with regulating that amount of dopamine once you do get it. Okay. So then we are dopamine chasing and we're seeking that. And a lot of times, most of us have gone through an upbringing of feeling like we're inferior. We have a innate sense of everything is my fault. I'm not very good at this. I'm struggling because I just, I'm lazy. I don't know why I procrastinate all the time. Um, We have this very poor perception of ourselves. And so that comes out when we go into a relationship and finally somebody accepts us and they accept us just as we are. And they think that our little faults are, are cute. And here we are just like, yes, acceptance. But what happens is during that phase, there are things that you are overlooking. And there are things that you're not listening to. And what ends up happening is that person draws you in and like a fish at the end of a hook, they bait you, they pull you in with this promise of I'm going to love you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to love you. And then all of a sudden you realize you're caught. And they flip it on you and they trap you and they start saying things to you like, well, you know, it's, you know, you told me that you struggled to get stuff done, but I didn't know it was this bad. Or they say stuff like, you know, you always, you always act like this. Or you clearly must not love me because you said that, or you did this or you did that. Or, My favorite is when they really prey on your ADHD tendencies. Now, what I've also found is that when you are being gaslighted, and if you don't know what gaslighting means, it means when somebody is trying to convince you to second-guess your own thoughts. That's the most simplest version of it. It's when you point at something and you say, oh, it looks like there's a stain over there on the carpet. And the person you're with says, there's no stain. And you're like, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure I... I see a stain. Do you know where that came from? There's no stain there. I don't know what you're talking about. There's no stain. They do these types of things to you over and over again, enough to where you start to second guess all of your decisions. You start to second guess all of your opinions, all of the things that you know about yourself. You start to go, wait a second. I don't, okay, maybe I don't see that stain. Maybe maybe it's just a trick of the light or something. Sometimes something as simple as that, they will actually attack you for why are you always complaining about how the house looks? And you're like, "Wait a second. All I said was something about a stain." And they're like, "Yeah, well, you know, you say that and you stomp around here and you don't do crap. You know, you don't you don't do the dishes often enough or you don't sweep. It's not when was the last time you vacuumed anyways?" And all of a sudden, it goes from being about something that really wasn't a problem to being about you and your faults and the things wrong with you. Now what happens at the end of this cycle is you will apologize for things you don't even know why you're apologizing for because you're just thinking, well, I, I just want to resolve this. I just want this to stop happening. I don't want to be fighting anymore. I don't I don't want to fight. And when you resolve it, the person will usually say, you know, they may be a little passive aggressive with you at first, and then eventually they may say, "You know I'm so sorry, and you know, what they always say is it's always a backhanded apology. And I say always, there are several different types of abusers out there. Some of them are much more methodical. And they don't, it's not as overt to see from an outsider's perspective because it's very subtle, but they will usually say some sort of backhanded apology. I'm so sorry, but I really need for you to, you know, help more around the house. Seems like an okay enough statement to make, right? They're sorry for what they said, but they still need something from you, right? But the problem is, is with these relationships is these people are preying on the fact that they know you will run to please and you'll run to please. Why do you run to please them? Why do we err on the side of being people pleasers? It's it's back to that dopamine thing that I was talking about where we have a lack of dopamine. So what we are always chasing in a toxic relationship is the high that we had at the beginning of the relationship. We just want to get it back to good. Now, sometimes your toxic relationship won't flip its switch for a year, two years. Sometimes it's as soon as you get married. You get married and all of a sudden, the person you're with is totally not the person you thought you were engaged to for two years, and you are shocked, okay? But it's also a matter of rejection sensitivity dysphoria. Now, I have another theory that women who have ADHD experience rejection sensitivity dysphoria worse than our male counterparts. Why is that? Because we as women are very touchy-feely. We err on the side of our feelings, where, yes, men have feelings too. I totally get that. But men, a lot of times, their brain is wired to allow for them to have feelings and then sometimes, or at least most of the time, as long as they haven't had too much trauma in their life, they can have their feelings and still think logically. Where we as women, a lot of times, if we have strong emotions towards something, we're going to be like, oh, that's painful. I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to feel that. So, what do we do? We err on the side of what makes us feel okay. And that means that we're going to be constantly chasing this pleasing of this person that is unpleasable. So, what you'll also find is once you're stuck in this relationship, it becomes really, really hard to get out because you leave and that dopamine is gone. And then when you leave, you're like, ugh. And here's what also happens because they gaslight you for so long and they made you second guess your your choices and your decisions and your opinions about everything and how you're going to do with, deal with things. And, and what they actually did to you by doing that is they they took a chisel and a, and a hammer and they just chipped away a little bit at a time at the small amount of self-esteem that you did have. And they chipped away and they chipped away and they chipped away. And, and then when you leave, you're left asking yourself like, well, can I really do this? Can I really make it? can I really start over? Will I ever find somebody who will love me through all of those faults that I clearly have? Because that's what that relationship will capitalize on. It will totally exploit all of your faults. So how do we move towards correcting this? Now, this is going to be a series. I'm going to talk about this more in depth. So this is the first episode on why ADHD women end up in toxic relationships, my theories as to why, how the patterns play out. And I think the next episode, I'm going to get more into what we can do about it or how to recognize it while it's happening to us or before it happens. I mean, because most of us come out of one relationship and we're like, I'm never doing that again, right? But a lot of times we don't always know what went wrong or what we missed, right? I want us to discuss, you know, why this happens and then why we end up trapped and why it's so hard for ADHD women to get back out of these relationships. There's a lot of reasons for that. Part of it is their support system. The other part of it is there is a disconnect between how much fault they have to blame themselves for and how much, you know, the other person is actually causing the problems. Because we have ADHD, we're so prone to self-blaming ourselves because we're used to our entire lives having been told, you know, we're lazy or we procrastinate. We just don't apply ourselves. We don't care. And what a lot of abusers will do is they'll also capitalize on that. It preys on our want to not necessarily just please, because that's part of it. And I know I just talked about that where, you know, we are innate people pleasers, but it also preys on our, we don't want to be seen as the person that we know that we're not. That is going to wrap up this episode of an ADD Woman podcast. What did you think? How do you feel? I would love to hear from you. And if any of the things I just said are of interest to you, I'd strongly recommend that you check out the blog, which is hosted at LaceyEstelle.com. On there, I talk about all things ADHD parenting, when you're an adult with ADHD as well, and how to deal with it. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Love to hear what you think. And I'll be talking to you guys soon.